Are you ready to prioritize your health? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Seasonal Sisters podcast. I'm Janice Saunders, certified life coach and founder of the Seasonal Healthy Habits Collective. This show is for you if you're a woman of color and feel you could be healthier. We will talk about how to maximize the health of your body, communicate what matters most, and connect more deeply with ourselves and others, and have more energy to continue building the career and life you desire, reaching your life and health goals by working smarter, not harder, is possible. Your journey to better health starts right here. Hello and welcome to the Seasonal Sisters podcast. I'm Janice Saunders, your host, and today I am interviewing triathlete extraordinaire Khadija. She is a mom. She is a a famous athlete. She is a career woman, and we're going to be talking about health today because as we know, in the Seasonal Sisters world, this podcast is for Black women who are prioritizing health. And we want to uplift and we want to celebrate all the ways in which women are doing this. And today's episode is It Takes Fuel to Make a Thing Go Right, because Khadija (laughs) is all about fuel, fueling herself with the right things. Welcome, Khadija. Tell us a little bit about yourself. As you said, I'm a mother. I am a project manager for a I don't know if it's a Fortune 100, but a major organization in Atlanta, Georgia. I am a triathlon coach and I'm still a competitive triathlete myself. I recently qualified again for world championships and I'll be competing in Spain next year at the standard Aquabike World Championships. So that's a little bit about me and I'm happy to be on the show. I always want to talk about not just, I talk about fuel and nutrition. I look at them as two distinctly separate entities. So I'm always happy to talk about those two things because both of those have changed my life as as a black woman and as a borderline diabetic. So that's something that I'm always very mindful of. Well, when did, I have to ask you, you know, when did you get into being a triathlete? Because most people, you know, when we talk about exercise and eating right, you know, we're really talking about, can we fit in, you know, going to the gym a couple times a week and, yeah. and eating and eating a more healthy diet, but you're, you're, you're next level on the athletic level. Talk to us about how you got into that. I was a competitive athlete through high school and college. I ran track and after that was quote unquote all over. I always wanted to stay fit. So I would, you know, run 5Ks and you just do little things to stay in shape. I'm a member of a sorority, Gamma Gamma Chi Sorority Incorporated, and we had a health initiative and I wanted to do something a little bit different to kind of pique everyone's interest in staying fit. So I signed up for the Iron Girl Triathlon here in Georgia and I thought it was going to be easy because I had run track and I was, I'd been a swimmer, not a competitive swimmer, but open water swimmer with my father thought it would be easy. And it was like the hardest experience of my life. There's a video of my father saying, oh dear God, as I crossed the line, it was, it was horrible, Um, but I was hooked. I got hooked on the sport and 
I was just saying, what were the parameters for Iron Girl? Like, what was it? What was it? It was a it was a four hundred meter swim. I believe it was like a twelve or fifteen mile bike ride and a five k run. And I had most people have a fear of the swim. I had no fear of the swim. I even learned how to swim in open water. The thing that I feared the most was the bike. I didn't even own a bike. I had. I'm a city kid. I grew up in New York. I didn't have a bike, and I ran tracks. So I figured, you know, it would all be easy. That bike tore me up. <laughs> Okay. Uh, it's like, oh my God. But yeah. And I was, I was hooked. I, by that, by the end of the week, I had signed up for three or four more races and I started racing regularly. And a couple years down the road, I messed around and got this invite to nationals. I didn't even know what it was. And I asked my mentor at the time, he's like, oh, you qualified for nationals. And, and that was, you know, all she wrote. <laughs> I love it. I mean, managing training, managing a full-time job, managing a household. You know, I just want to know how you do that. I give myself grace. I recognize, you know, I prioritize my, my children come first. And then of course, my job, my training is actually my sense of peace. And it's not something that stresses me out especially the, well, the running does, but <laughs> the cycling and the swimming, they're, they're my, they're my peace. Mm. So it's, and like I said, I give myself grace. If I miss a workout or a workout doesn't go as planned. Okay. It's done. Put it in the past. That was, was what was written for the day. Move on. The only thing that I feel like as, as a mother and as a woman has to be done and has to be done the way I prescribe it is how I care for my children. Right in that boat with you, sister. My son is, is 16, getting ready as a senior in high school. So he is requiring a lot of care right now because yeah. that process of getting into college is, is an all-family sport. Yeah. You know, all hands on deck sport. So I, I definitely understand you. We do share a couple of things just from this conversation. I realized we're both from New York. I'm from the Bronx. Okay. <laughs> Down in the house. Okay. And I also grew up as a competitive swimmer. Oh, nice. I've never done a triathlon. And when I was much younger, it was my goal to do it when I, when I turned 50. Mm -hmm. And that suddenly became not my goal as I tore my ACL some years ago in African dance class and, you know, just, okay. and turned into, I didn't even run. So it wasn't something that I was like, oh, I, I was running while I did it. But I did do a 5K not too long ago. And the Iron Girl Sprint Triathlon down in Georgia might be a great place for me to start. Well, they they no longer have that race, but there are so many sprint triathlons out there. They're amazing. Yeah, so that might be something that I might put myself into this year. I'm actually for my 55th birthday. I kind of created a little event for myself. And I'm celebrating it with the team that I coach. And I'm going to let them do a couple sets with me that equals 55 laps, which is nothing. Oh, nice. It, but it's just a little fun thing. And just to let people know that you can make something out of whatever you're doing and include something healthy in it for yourself. Exactly. And in the seasonal sisters world, we think our body, we think about body and mind being healthy. And this for me is about body and mind. And it's also about connecting with the young people and letting them know, hey, you guys are young. I'm, I'm a little bit much older than you guys, but I can still be healthy. I can still 
get a goal and train for it. And it, and it builds mm-hmm. connection between us. And that's another thing that keeps people healthy is connections. So give me a yeah. little bit in prioritizing health. I hear you saying that the swimming and the cycling is your piece. Mm-hmm. What else has being involved in sport and training done for you in, in your career and life? For me, also recognizing, I have a friend, Chrissy Fenner, she always says, you can do hard things. It makes me recognize not just in sport, but in life, you you can do hard things with patience, chipping away at something, recognizing that it looks ugly right now. But if you keep showing up, if you keep showing up, it gets a little bit better. I think the greatest thing that I've gotten out of the sport of triathlon is the friendships that I've made with people that I probably, to be honest, I, I might not have even spoken to in another life. I have friends literally all over the world. I have friends I keep in contact with in in Kenya, Dubai, South Africa, all over the world. And we have genuine friendships. I can literally say I can go just about to any continent and not have to stay at a hotel. The the friendships have meant a lot to me. And some of my friends have come, it's come to a point, it's not friendship it's it's more of a of a sisterhood than just a, a basic friendship so that's to me is the the most meaningful part of the sport i recently had a race in florida and it was one of the first races where i didn't anticipate someone to be waiting for me at the finish line and it was just a different, it was a different feeling. I'm usually racing and there's other people that have shown up there to race with me. I know somebody's going to be at the line. And as you run through an Ironman course, you run over these timing mats and you hear a little beep as you run over the timing mats. And the funniest thing was every time I ran over a timing mat, I smiled because I knew all these people who sometimes would be at the races, but all these people were on the Ironman tracker tracking me and shouting out to, oh, could you just cross miles so and so? So it was, it was an interesting experience, but really those are the things, those friendships, those the sisterhood have really impacted me the most. Just from my happiness perspective, and I almost think from a mental health perspective, just knowing there's people out there that care at some level. Connection is, is a big part of happiness. It's a big part of feeling good. And I can definitely hear, you know, all the data shows that for sure. You know what I mean? When you look at all the clinical trials and they think they go through all of these different longitudinal studies about what makes people feel happy and vibrant and connection clearly is one of the things that, that, that is in there. But what I'm hearing and what I love about this podcast is that I'm talking to women and they're just validating all the stuff that's in clinical trials. So if you're out there and you, you know, don't have a friend or you have a limited number of friends, get involved in something that you want to do mm-hmm. and make some, you know, keep yeah. going back, you know, in the, in the seasonal sisters, a healthy habits collective, which is a, a group that I run. We read a book each, each season because, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a seasonal girl, you know, winter, spring, summer, fall type thing. We're in the fall right now. And we're reading a book called platonic. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that Platonic recommends in terms of building and deepening friendships is going somewhere repeatedly and mm-hmm. then building within that. And that's exactly what you did in the triathlon world is yeah. you kept coming back, meeting more people, advancing your relationship with the people that you meet each time. 
and little by little it's grown and it's very deep for you and and it's an extraordinary relationship yeah. even yeah. so it's again good to know that these things actually are working for folks yeah Do it without even knowing what that that data that's out there you're putting it into practice just because it's what's great you know and it feels good to you so you mentioned a little bit about you know pre-diabetic and that being a part of your history and another reason why you kind of prioritize health. Can you share a little bit more about what that's meant for you and how fuel, fueling yourself? Because this episode is, it takes fuel to make a thing go right. And diabetes is one of those things where fuel is confusing for people. Yeah. And it's, it's key. I have a friend of mine who's actually, she's an emergency room doctor and I don't really talk about the fact that I'm diabetic very much. And she said, wow, I didn't know that. So she said, so every time you race, it's almost like a chemistry experiment that Mm. you're hoping doesn't go wrong. And she's right. The funny thing is, like I said, I've been a competitive athlete almost all of my life. I've never had any issue with my blood sugar because I've always been relatively healthy. I've never had an issue with, you know, maintaining a healthy weight or anything like that. I realized I had trouble with my blood sugar at the first time that I went to long course nationals. It was the biggest race of my life. I passed out on the run. And it, it, to this day, it was my only DNF, did not finish. Did not finish. Um, and I really, yeah, I wanted to find out, you know, you know, what, what happened. Mm-hmm. And my blood sugar had gone dangerously high because I had started using an on-course fuel. I won't name the name. Mm -hmm. And the fuel that I had chosen to use had also been aggravating it. So the combination of that and then taking some on-course fuel because I had dropped what I brought with me on the bike ride created a really bad situation for me. So that made me go back to the drawing board in researching, okay, what's in this stuff? Realizing most of it was primarily sugar and corn, which we realized, which I did not realize, but now realize has a super high glycemic index. So I started researching fuels and what could I use and what was going to help me have enough energy without having too much sugar. And I landed upon the company that I'm with now, F2C Nutrition. So I've, I've become, I wouldn't say an expert, but very trying to be as knowledgeable as possible about what I'm consuming when I'm racing. And that's what I call my fueling. In being involved with F2C Nutrition, I have a friend of mine, we call each other, each other stalkers. (laughs) We met at a race and she came up and we didn't meet at a race. We kind of met online and I didn't, I didn't know, I had never met her in person. And she came up and started talking to me and I was just looking at her like wow and I was like I don't I don't know your name (laughs) your name is and this is like a running joke yeah she even put it in her book she's her her company is the exposed vegan her name is Jaja Porter she even put the incident in her book it is it's it's so hilarious and I look back on the incident I was like oh my god she must have thought I was so crazy (laughs) but she she started on a journey of nutrition and how to feed ourselves better on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And we kind of partnered and helped each other. Mm -hmm. So now I'm more focused. I'm not a vegan, a vegan. I do focus on, I I might as well be, because I I can't remember the last time I ate any meat, but Mm -hmm. uh, on what I consume every day. 
and how it impacts my blood sugar. And since I have started with the combination of using F2C and following the advice of Jean-Jean Porter, the owner of Exposed Vegan, my A1C has been middle of the line, normal. Mm. That, for that's what we need. I might have to talk to Jaja. since 2008. Yeah, since 2018. Her name is Jaja Porter, and she's the owner of the Exposed Vegan. And not being recognizing my grandmother, my grandmother died from complications of diabetes, mm-hmm. as her mother did before her. All of her sisters died from diabetes complications. Yeah, this is a real so thing. I, so if I can break the cycle, even with my children, you know, they're they're like, oh, my mom's like, oh, you're there, you know, they're 12 years old. Why are you? Because now is the time to start, not to wait till like I was 35 and 40 years old and then realizing it and trying to correct all the damage from the past. So mm-hmm. now they're comfortable. That's their normal state of being, eating healthy. It's not right. something that they have to try to do. They like beet juice. They like fruit. They like my son's favorite thing. He'll sit there and eat an entire bowl of green. You hit a home run. Exactly. In terms of normalizing, you know, exactly health in the family. And one of the things I also realize is that when mama is healthier, the whole Mm -hmm. family is healthier. Yeah. And that brings up everybody in the group. And And I got that advice from my father. My father told me when I get married, he, when I got married, he said, remember this, if you're not right, the family is not right. Take care of yourself first. And that advice came from my father. That's right. Papa, Papa's preaching. Mm -hmm. Papa's preaching because it's, we do know, I mean, as much as we want to see, we want to, you know, recognize the division of labor and the division and equal partnership in the, in a relationship, in a marriage. What's important is mama's got to be healthy mm-hmm. because we are the ones who are kind of in, in many instances, you know, CEOs of the family, exactly. handling all levels, all areas. And food is a big part of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, snack food, meal prep. And in the seasonal sisters world, you know, we're mindful, prepared and consistent. Mm-hmm. And you probably take that to the next stage. In terms I don't of know about that. <laughs> no, no, no. You got to prepare, sis. I know you do. You 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 definitely in, in terms of mindfulness, I hear you saying, hey, this is something that I have laid out for my family. This is what I'm doing, and this is what we're doing as a group. Mm-hmm. Yep. Prepared. You gotta shop for that food. You gotta prepare mm-hmm. those snacks, prepare those meals. I mean, you may have somebody helping you do that, and that's okay too, but you're orchestrating it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then consistently getting that done for folks. Yeah. And you have to look at the Black family and how we operate. So much happens around the kitchen table. table. The table. Yeah. Yeah. And preparing the food. Yeah. And that, and, you know, with Thanksgiving and the holidays and barbecues in the summer and everything, people think that food has to just be one way. And how have you changed some of the some of the traditional dishes that you loved as a young person, maybe to, to meet your new nutritional. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the jambalaya is made with vegan 
meat protein sources. That's one of the reasons I say I'm not vegan is like, I still do use shrimp in it. My kids have grown up off of black beans and rice, red beans and rice. They love all of that. The greens are made without meat, but lots of peppers and spices to give it an olive oil, to give it that. I remember I run an organization called DISC where I mentor three women every year and we have a camp. And one of the young ladies there, she was really struggling with her with her diet. And I was like, well, you know, well, we'll make some greens and this. And she's like, well, how are you going to make greens without a ham hocks? I said, watch me. And she, even, even the shine, yeah, even the shine on the greens, you know how the greens have to have a little shine on them? Yep. I said, that's from the olive oil. She's like, these are good. We had the whole house smelling like sage and greens. I the house it. was ready. <laughs> What I hear you saying is that you have been willing to experiment yes, with eating our traditional foods in a different way. And what I also love is that you are sharing it. You yes. know, that's the, that's the whole essence of the Seasonal mm-hmm. Sisters podcast is let's share some of this stuff. And that's that. what DISC is all about. Yeah, tell me about it. I love the name. When we train the women, it's more than just about sport. We want them to take not just the sport, but also everything that they gain from all of the training back to their families, back to their communities. So they learn about fueling, Mm -hmm. they learn about nutrition, and they share that with their family. We also have a young lady named Vanessa Faye Forrester. She does sessions with them on mental endurance, but it's not just mental endurance, those same lessons that she gives them about mental endurance on the coach, on the course applies to their lives and to their lives about mental endurance in in, in everyday thinking and Mm -hmm. positive thinking. So we're training them to do a triathlon, but we're also training them to fuel appropriately when they're active, to have proper nutrition every day, to think positively, to, to chip away at things, to always put a positive spin on things, and then to turn around and to share it with their families and their communities. So that that's what DISC is all about. It, it is about diversifying a sport that I love, but it's it's more about loving the community that is diverse. So in DISC, which is stands for Diversity no. Infusion Syndicate. Yes. And is it a do you train the women in to do a triathlon? Yes. Yes. What, now, what triathlon do they do when they're done with the training? So this year we'll have three events. We'll have the Louisville Tri, um, the Chicago Triathlon, and I hope to have one athlete who is already doing triathlon but wants to go to a long course event. I'll be training them for Ironman North Carolina 70.3. So two team at the one long course event if we have an athlete that is prepared for that. And we're also going to have a training camp. That training camp is going to be in Charlotte, North Carolina. And it's that that camp is going to be open to anybody who wants to come. The, of course, the DISC athletes, it's a paid for event. Other athletes will be able to join in for a small fee. And I keep the fee as small as possible because I want, is it's about me. It's about sharing the information. It's not about, we're nonprofit. We're not trying to make a profit. Well, yeah. I, I know there are a few women that I have shared the DISC information with, and uh, they got some young people who might be interested in it. So well, tell I, them to apply. The applications are open now through January 15th. I, I share, I sh- I've shared it on my, in my stories 
once already. And I'm now that I'm learning more, I'm, I'm going to share it with a couple of young people that I know who are interested in that. And some folks that are older too, who may yeah. want to get back into something. Yes. You know I yeah, mean? that's fine. As long, they have, as long as they're 18 or older, yeah. they can apply. So I think this would be a great time to segue into a special segment that we have on the Seasonal Sisters podcast called Mindful Moments. And based on the information that we've talked about today, and I will be sharing one fact, giving one tip, you will, you'll give them some tips and we'll talk about a recipe for success together. And put it together and leave it in the show notes along with all the other things that are going on. But today's fact is that stress, Black women have higher reported levels of stress because we carry a disproportionate burden of chronic health conditions like Mm -hmm. diabetes. And Mm -hmm. that's the fact. This is published data from the National Library of Medicine in 2022. And when we're thinking about that in our lives, what are some of the tips that you might say that you might share? And then I'll share a couple of my own too. One thing I I think, and this is not just Black women, I think it's everybody. Sometimes if we have a problem, we sweep it under the rug. I think the first thing is be aware of what you're up against. Um, Awareness and clarity are to me are the are the two main things and I think even just having that brings your stress level down I know what I'm up against my mother had high blood pressure I lost one of my grandmothers to complications of diabetes I lost my other grandmother to ovarian cancer so I'm very cognizant of making sure that I'm aware of my health status and doing the things that that keep me healthy and fit even with training just because you're a triathlete doesn't mean you're super fit. You can overtrain yourself into bad health as well. So just being cognizant and, and aware of what you're up against. Yeah, I, you know what? And I I glossed over that very important fact that you just shared, which was know your health status. <laughs> and I think that a lot of people don't know their health status <laughs> because there's a period of time where people just don't go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just, well, I don't need to go to the doctor. I'm healthy, especially when you're in your thirties, you know, your twenties, you know, maybe when you get 40 or so, maybe when you're trying to have children, maybe you're going to the doctor a little bit more, you're taking care of yourself a little bit more, but there are some years where people are just like, eh, I don't really need to go to the doctor. And I think that going to the doctor, knowing your numbers is very important because again, knowing your health, your, your family history is also very important because that can key you in to, to places where you might want to focus. Yes. And, and I think that's great information. I would I would also just add to that if you are keyed in on something, take some action. Mm-hmm. You know, do some research. Like you said, you did a lot, a lot of research on fuel. Mm-hmm. And yes, there, there is a lot of research out here, but do your own little bit of research. Ask your doctor and then move forward if you got to make some changes. If you Mm -hmm. feel like you're not feeling great, you know, and the recipe for that kind of is, you know, I would say more, more moving of the body, more seasonal foods that are fresh Mm -hmm. and with cooking, enjoy better rest, more rest, listen to your body. When you need rest, take it. 
Any yeah. other, anything else that you might want to add to the recipe for success for yeah. that? I think one of the things you too, you mentioned too about asking your doctor, sometimes we have a doctor and we accept their opinion simply because they're a doctor. Find a doctor that you can have conversations and discussions with. I think that's really skillful and confident in their knowledge base is open to having conversations and discussions and open to questions from their patients. So make sure that you have a doctor that you're comfortable with as well. I think that's that's very important. Yes, yes it is. And oftentimes with Black women, we don't have a, a doctor that we feel comfortable with. It doesn't mean that the person has to be African-American. Yeah, exactly. You feel comfortable with. You may not feel comfortable with another African-American doctor, wherever that transference is best. Look for it, find it, mm-hmm. and, and use it. And and don't, don't stop until you get it. Because yes. absolutely, that is a key. And I've seen that in friends, just... Where they where they don't have a good communication with their physician and just things go on too long. Exactly. You know, the doctor just lets them, you know, just go on and not really sharing with them how serious things might be and yeah. you know what or we're afraid to ask the questions that we need to ask. Right, right. We're afraid to ask the questions that we need to ask. That's that's yeah. a fact. Yeah. Well, I want to give you the opportunity to just share where. Everybody can watch your triathlons, what what you've got going on, and because you got a whole bunch happening out here. And I want everybody to know a little bit about it. And and number one, everything will be in the show notes. So if you have if you want to connect with Khadija, you'll be able to. You want to get into the you want to get into disc, that the the stuff will be right in there for you to for, for you to apply. So tell us yeah. a little bit more, Khadija. So I do have a website. It's KhadijaTriathlete.com. And from there, you can get to my Instagram and my Facebook. You can also apply for DISC there. And there's also opportunities to buy DISC gear, make a donation if you want to. This year, 2023, is going to be really, really busy. Right after DISC starts, we'll start get our training program together, start working with the young ladies. I'll be racing multi-sport national championships in April. Of course, in the middle of the year, we'll have... Uh, a triathlon Louisville and the Chicago triathlon. I'm really enjoying the open water swimming. She's the, actually the CFO of DISC, Christy Fenner. She's also a dear friend of mine. She turned me on to the Alligator Lighthouse Swim. I'll be doing that again this year. It's an eight and a half mile swim straight out into the ocean. And I absolutely had a ball. So I'll be doing that again. And I'm going to be doing the three mile swim for the Georgia, the Georgia games. And I have two Ironman races scheduled for the end of the year, as well as a world triathlon world championships in, um, in Spain. So I'll be all over the place. But first and foremost, I'm going to be headed home. I'm going to Cuba. I haven't been since 2020 to do triathlon Havana. So I'm really excited about that. It's the biggest triathlon event in Cuba every year in February. So anybody who wants the opportunity to go see Cuba, it's a great opportunity to do a triathlon and see a beautiful island, beautiful people. It's my absolute favorite event. If anybody ever asked me, it's it's my absolute favorite event. And I, I've done it every year. I've missed doing it in 2021, 2022 because of the pandemic, but they're back. I've been yes. chatting with my friends. 
friends and Triathlon everything. Havana so. is back. It's, I can't I, wait to watch yes. it on the on your on your channel and on your on your Instagram page. I know there'll be a lot going on with it. Yeah. I always I always post a lot. It's and my 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 PB for a 70.3 was there just I, it's just my favorite event. It's it's tough. It's hot. It's humid, but it's it's my favorite event. I think I just get that extra energy when I'm racing there. So okay. no, I just I, I just your joy for it has got, <laughs> got me excited about it. I was like, wait a minute, yeah, yeah, people triathlon. I need to be in this, but no, I don't. I'm yeah, not even, yeah. ready. No, 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 no. Yeah. 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 And the run is just iconic. It's just, nope. you race, you swim in Hemingway Marina and the run is, it's, it's right on the Malecon and everybody's out. You just, it's just, it's, it's just amazing. There's a sprint triathlon. It's a sprint triathlon. And there's also a 70.3 triathlon going on simultaneously. Okay. So, so it's, and it's a big event. Yeah. Yeah. I'm famous athletes like Javier Sotomayor give out the trophies. It's, it's, it's an amazing event. I'm looking forward to seeing. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward, quite, quite honestly, I'm looking forward to see what I do. <laughs> so most people who do triathlons are afraid of the swim portion. You know, that's, yeah. my, that's my zone, you know? Yeah. That's your happy place. That's, yeah. That's my happy place. You know, and I'm just wondering is this going to be something that I take on, you know, in my, in my life in the future? I don't know. I don't know. Cause I got a little bit, I started walking and I did a 5k over the pandemic. I did it twice. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of like, Hmm, I don't know. But again, I've not ridden a bike in a very long time. So that'd be something that I'd have to like experiment with. Yeah. I, I never owned a bike and now the bike is my strength. Is it? My, yeah. My last 70.3, I biked I think it was 21.2 miles an hour. I never thought I'd go from not be from falling in the parking lot to biking over 20 miles an hour for 56 miles. Wow. <laughs> yes, girl, you win. Yeah. You win. But yeah, I, so. any other areas that you want to share and anything else? No, I just, I, I think the greatest, one of the greatest things about living in this time is that we can be ourselves. Stop asking for permission to be exactly who you are. I decided a couple of years ago at my job to show up as I am. You know, I'm not taking my hijab off. I like my nose ring. I'm not changing how I speak or how I look for anyone. Um, so I think this is a, it's a great opportunity for us to, to be who we are. And I think being able to and having that freedom to live in our own skin, that in and of itself is a step up in mental health. Be who you are, love who you are, and don't ask for permission to be that person for anyone. Yes. Thank you, Khadija. Oh my goodness, this interview has just surpassed all of my expectations. It has been an absolute joy learning more about you and learning how it takes fuel to make a thing go right. Okay. Yeah. I want you to, you know, excel at everything you do. I will be watching you. I know other seasons follow you and share in your joy. And, and just want to say congratulations. On thank you. Thank you for having me. In the sport, you're very welcome. And uh, thank you.
And I think everybody will be looking forward to the next episode next week. Stay tuned. There's going to be more coming in the world of the Seasonal Sisters podcast. This is great. Thank you. Bye-bye. Ciao. That's it for this week's episode of the Seasonal Sisters podcast. If something made you think of your sister, aunt, niece, or friend, please share this episode. For more information on seasonal coaching programs, follow me on Instagram at The Real Janice Saunders and follow us in your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss our next episode. I'm Janice Saunders, wishing you a sweet week filled with nourishing things to keep you happy and healthy. See you next week.